I think you would agree with me that as a parent, that's difficult to do. You know, you hurt for your child, you want to you step in, but you know that what, the lesson you're trying to teach is so much more benefit for the child at that moment for the rest of their life than it is for you to feel better about that actual moment. And it's the same with God, that when God looks at our life, sometimes we'll say, God, why don't you help me like this? But God is saying, but I'm, I'm here for your entire life. And as we talk about these life lessons that we're going to learn today, we're going to start a series on life in the desert. I mean, what would life be like if we were living in a desert right now? Now, some time ago, it was hot. It wasn't a desert, but it was hot. And sometimes, even in those hot situations, we feel like life is being drained out of us because it's just too hot. And physically, we're not able to endure it. Physically, we're not able to cope with each other. In fact, this past summer when it was that hot, we were so on edge. Like people were just on edge and uh, uh, we, we were short with people, you know, because in those, in those situations, we just, we get frustrated. And it's easy to get frustrated when things aren't happening our way. Or in this case, if you're thinking of a desert situation, it doesn't even look like life happens in the desert. But when life seems like a desert... What do we do? How do we live? How do we still maintain our family? How do we grow in the Lord when life seems like a desert? And that's what this series is going to be about. This series is going to help us to understand that even though the desert may look like a barren place where no life is happening, God can still breathe life into it. In a desert, you'll have differences in temperatures. You'll have high, hot temperatures as well as really cold low temperatures, and it fluctuates like that, and so is life. And when God sees our life, although we fluctuate and life goes up and down, He remains the same. And because He remains the same, we can always come to Him and and rest assured that His promises will never change, so we can continue to walk in this life trusting in God because He never changes. The promises that He gave to you today will always come to pass tomorrow when we understand how we can follow him. And how in this life, God is not concerned about where we've come from or what has happened. His concern is where we are today and where we're heading. He's a good father, and he's going to teach us some valuable life lessons even in the desert. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So you can take out your notes and follow along with me. You're going to have some scriptures in there. Now, before we get uh, into our, our message, I want to just bring you to some, um, some things we're learning here at our church And you might have seen these when you came in. These were by the door. And you're wondering, why do I need these things? Well, we have uh, some people in our church that, like many of us, will, as time goes on, our hearing becomes super sensitive. And so during our uh, times in the morning, during our worship times, sometimes our hearing is sensitive. And so we have hearing protection for you. So if you're coming in here and you have sensitive hearing... We have these available at the door, and they're free of charge, and they are individually packed, okay? So they're, they're in this plastic bag for some of you who are, you know, uh, germaphobic. You have your own, and please don't put them back. You take them with you, and so it's very easy. You just open the bag, you take them out, you squeeze it, you put them in your ear, and then you let them go, and it, it protects your hearing, And then when worship is done, because maybe your hearing is sensitive, you take them out, 
for the message so you can hear. Don't leave them in and don't fall asleep because you'll be very comfortable. And then don't leave them in when you go home because you and your husband or you and your wife are going to fight because you cannot hear each other. Or maybe leave them in because it'll maybe do good for you because you can't hear each other. Either way, we have that available for you when you come in just in case you want to protect your hearing, okay? So you got that? Free for you. Free for all. Okay, let's take out our notes and then we're going to talk a little bit about life lessons in the desert. So if you think about the life lessons that we've learned while we were growing up, we've learned good and bad. I mean, it was just that simple, that crystal clear, that black and white. When you're playing on the playground, don't do that because it's dangerous. So it was just very crystal clear, that's bad, and this is good. So I have a couple of pictures that I wanted to show you, and I want you to say if this is good or bad. It's a life lesson that we all learn along the way, but we don't know we're really learning a life lesson until later on. So first picture, is this good or bad? Yeah, that's bad. That is bad. That's bad. That is good. Next picture. Good or bad? You're probably confused. Not, we're not looking at the food. Okay? It's the handle, right? Okay, you got that. So that's bad. And why is that bad? Right. Someone can hit it over, spill it on them, and then they get burned. Okay, next picture. That's good. That's how it's supposed to be. Okay, next picture. <laughs> is that good or bad? That's good. Some of you are like, that's, that's not good or bad. That's genius. That is pretty brilliant. Okay, that's bad. This is good. Yes, some of you work with OSHA and you're saying, now that's how it's supposed to be. Okay, next picture. Good or bad? <laughs> I, and I don't even know how that happens. So it must have been a storm or something. So that's bad. That's not how you park. That's good. That's how you park. Okay, next picture. Good or bad? <laughs> okay, let me just explain what happened because they took that picture and I didn't know they were going to post it this morning. So that's, that's not good because it's dangerous. So for the children, that's not good. But it was done with a good heart. <laughs> Still doesn't make it good. But you're going to deal with that. You're going to have good and bad. And life brings good and bad our way. In this season that we call Christmas, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. And there were two people that are very prominent in the Bible about the birth of Jesus Christ. Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Joseph, Jesus' stepfather. The reason why he's the stepfather is because Mary was, was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit and she conceived that way. And so because Mary is bringing forth the Son of God, we're going to learn that their life before Jesus was born had some powerful life lessons included in it because they had to go through the desert before Jesus was born. And for you and I, even before maybe the promises of God come to pass, you're going to see some desert times. Maybe you're in a desert time. Maybe you can probably pinpoint in your life right now or name, this is my desert. It could be your marriage. It could be uh, your marriage is not where you want it to be. Maybe you're saying, my marriage is just dry right now. There's nothing happening. We've been married for a time and times and times half. And we're just, we just kind of live together. We go through our daily routines. But it's, it's, we're married. And it doesn't feel like there's any life to it. So it might be a desert. Or maybe at your workplace. It's just a job now. 
Whereas before you were passionate about it and it was exciting, but now it's, it's like a desert. You feel like there's no life in it. Maybe your finances are like a desert. There's just nothing. So you're dealing with that right now and it's Christmas. Uh, it could be your health. It, it could be maybe you're frustrated. Maybe you're going through anxiety, uh, depression. You name your desert and you just ask God, God, what are you teaching me? Through this desert, because there are powerful life lessons that we can learn through the desert time. See, every single person can regain life and be revived when life seems like a desert by learning some life lessons in the desert. Because we're all going to encounter some difficult life-changing seasons that has the potential to drain the life out of us. We just call it a desert. We just say, life is not happening. Or we throw in our own words. And Mary and Joseph, once they caught that vision from God that, no, you're going you're gonna to parent this little baby called Jesus. You're going to parent him. Mary, the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you and you're going to conceive and you're going to bring forth the Son of God. I mean, those words alone would probably cause fear in many of us. But God has also given us an assignment as a father, as a mother, maybe a student, maybe where you work, or being a believer. You're out in the world and you're to reach people for Jesus Christ. You're to shine his light. Whatever it is, every single person has a purpose and an assignment. The problem is when we're going through the desert, we sometimes forget our assignment and we forget who we are and who God is making us to be. In the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 it reads it like this, and speaking of what was taking place with Joseph and Mary, it says, and because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. Now, have you ever traveled with a pregnant woman? Mary was obviously pregnant. So I don't know if she just, you know, she had, had hunger or, or, you know, when you have cravings. I don't know if she wanted ice cream and pickles, but she was going through the desert, obviously pregnant. And so now Joseph has to deal with this as well as deal with the fact that they're being used by God in a way that no one else has been, had been used before. So they don't really have too much to draw from as life experience. Like who could they go to? To say, this is what I'm going through. Can you give me some life lessons? It's like God had to be the only one for them to rely on. And you may feel like that too. You may feel like, but no one's going to understand. And maybe no one will understand, but God understands. He knows exactly where we are, where we were. But more importantly, he knows exactly where we should be going. Therefore, his guidance and his care and his nurturing and his love is that which is needed for us to get there. Because we're going to go through the desert. All they knew for Mary and Joseph was the promise of God. They knew scripture. They knew that God was going to be there. In fact, the book of Isaiah speaks it like this. Isaiah 35 verses 1 and 4. It says, even the wilderness and desert will be glad in those days. The wasteland will rejoice and blossom with spring crocuses. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear, for your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you. Speaking of Jesus Christ, 
that he's going to send us Jesus Christ because we're lost without him. He's going to come to save us. So the question is then, what life lessons can we learn in the desert? What life lessons can we, can we learn while we go through difficult seasons when it seems like there is no life? What, is, what does life look like when we feel lonely, when we're going through stressful situations, going through a divorce or separation, when our children go astray? God is going to show up. He's going he's to let us know how life can still happen even in the desert. But he's going to teach us some powerful life lessons. So just ask yourself, what is my desert? And what are you teaching me, Lord? Because here's, here, we're going to look at three things that we can learn as we go through these desert times. Or maybe you haven't entered one yet, and so you'll be prepared for it. Here's the first thing if you want to write some notes. First thing is this, that the desert teaches me real life issues. I mean, we can live life and 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 just exist, but when we hit those difficult times, that desert time, boy, it, it's almost like, now this is real life. I mean, you're, you're now in a season you've never been. You're experiencing things you never thought you would, and things are coming your way that you were not prepared for. And so now it's like real life is happening. Well, how do we, how do we still allow God to move in our life when we feel like he's not even there? Because real life issues are going to happen in the desert. You're going to feel that. But even in the desert, God protects. Even in the desert, He protects us. He, he watches over us. Because it's usually in the desert that God prepares us the best. Now think about it. Your life and my life is, is filled with desert moments throughout life. Desert moments. And in those desert moments, it, it, you can look back and say, that, that was a tough season. But wasn't it, didn't it come with rich, powerful life lessons? I mean, we drew out of that. And it's like God is saying, I will never waste a desert season. I will never waste it. I'm going to teach you some powerful life lessons. But they're there so that I can, I can bring you into the future that I have for you. So he doesn't waste any desert moment he will always look out for our very best for our future. As the book of Isaiah tells us, Isaiah 43, verses 19 and 20, the Lord says, for I am about to do something new. He says, see, I have already begun. In other words, you got to be able to see it. you got to vision it out. You can't just look at the barren fields and the barren land and just think, oh, it's just desert. There's just sand all over the place. He says, no, you got to be able to see what I see. When you enter the desert season, you're going to see sand and hills and barren land. But God says, I see so much more. He says, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. And he will make one. It doesn't just appear. He makes it happen. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The animals in the fields will thank me. The jackals and owls, too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. You know what God is saying? God is not limited to your circumstance nor my circumstance as bad as it looks. 
He said, I, I'm not limited to that. You're, you're, the desert that you go through, the difficult times you go through, the, the heartache and pain that you go through, I'm with you all the way through. I'm not limited to that. I am above that, and I can help you through any desert time because I'm not in it, but I'll be with you through it. And even in those desert times, you know what we learn? We learn to move when God says to move. I mean, we become so much more closer to God through those desert times because that's when life happens. That's when we say, you know what? These things are not even a priority. This is a priority. I mean, when tragic things happen, it's almost like it autom- our life automatically prioritizes itself. Because what used to be so important and, and so on the priority list that were not important really shows up as unimportant when real life happens. When you lose a loved one, the color of your shoes don't matter anymore. The car you drive, how nice it is, and having all the fancy things does not matter anymore. But it used to be important. What happened? Well, the only thing that changed wasn't necessarily your priorities. What changed is life. The desert shows us real life. And it brings to us probably the greatest life lessons that we can ever learn. When we are with God and he says move, it makes sense when we obey. It may not make sense when he's asking. It may not make sense in that season, but it'll make sense afterwards. Maybe he's saying, here's here's where you are in your relationship with me. I need you to start moving. I need you to start moving forward in it. You've been sitting for a while. I need you to start moving. Or maybe he's saying, you know, in, this, in your relationships, you've got to get tighter. Maybe with your family, your children, whatever it is. But when God says move, there's a reason for it. And we learn that even in the desert. When we were growing up, if you stood in front of the TV, in front of your dad, he would normally say, well, you made out of glass. Hey, you made out of glass. What, you, a window? Or he would just tell you to move. And if you didn't move, what would happen? Yeah, whatever, something would happen. Not, he wouldn't just sit there and say, hey, uh, you're blocking the TV. And if you didn't move, oh, okay, I guess you're good then. You can just stay there. No, you would get, you'd probably throw the remote at you. He wouldn't get up because that takes too much energy. So he'd probably throw something at you and say, hey, get out of my way. Something would happen. But I tell you this, whatever happens... The next time dad asks you to move, you will listen. Or you just don't stop in front of the TV. It's like there's a life lesson that was learned. Now, I'm thankful God doesn't throw a remote control at our heads when he asks us to move, and we don't. I'm so glad that he's with us even through those moments that we don't move. But life will throw some things at us. Life, life will just happen. Life will just take place and it'll, it'll throw at us the, the most difficult things. But God says, I- I'm going to be with you through even those moments because it's those desert times where when real life happens, those tests will come our way. And when those tests come our way, it's really going to test what's inside. Doesn't, it reveals what's going to take place inside of our heart. And it really shows us what we're made out of, what's going to happen. And sometimes, even in those desert moments, 
Just like if you were in the desert, you become desperate. If we were all in the desert, we would become desperate. Desperate for water, desperate for food, desperate for shelter. And when you're in a desert season in life, you become desperate. Real life pops up. You become desperate. You become tempted or you're tempted. Some of you, maybe even in your marriage, it's like, oh, it's not happening. So, Lord, if so-and-so is attracted to me, then can you make something happen so that it'll work out? And I've even heard people say, being married, that this person is the right person for me. Not their, not their spouse, but this other person, because I feel that's the Lord. No, 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 you're desperate right now. You're desperate. Maybe you're starving for attention. Maybe, maybe you just, you, you don't have that spark let, that you used to. Life happens in the desert, but you also become desperate. Even this season, this time of the year, we become desperate because we don't have money. And so crime skyrockets during this season. Why? Because people are desperate. They'll do anything so that they can get a gift for a loved one or get something for themselves. Or they think, well, everyone has gifts in their home, so I'm just going to go in and get it for myself. People become desperate. I pray that you and I don't become like that. That we don't get desperate in the desert except for Jesus Christ. That we don't, we don't treat people less than because we're desperate. Maybe desperate for time and resources. We get desperate in the desert. I was watching this one show uh, called Man vs. Wild, uh, Bear Grylls. And this, is a, this guy is amazing. He goes into the remote places to teach us how to survive and get out of the, the situations that can kill you. He said, I can teach you how to get out of these situations alive. And so he goes into these places that are like desert, barren. And he says, it's going to be cold tonight, so I need to get in this, in this dead camel's carcass. I'm like, what in the world are you teaching us? If I'm in the desert, I ain't going into no camel carcass to keep warm. Now, I'm not going to do that. But I guarantee you, if you were in the desert and it was 20 degrees and you had no shelter and you were freezing and you were going to freeze to death and you saw a dead camel, you'd be thinking, hey, I remember watching Bill Grills do this. I'm going to cut the caucus open. And you would do that. You, why? Because you're desperate in the desert. When you're in the desert, you do things that you normally would never do otherwise. And that's what happens in life. We become desperate, so we do things we never would do. But God says, no, I'm going to be with you even through that. I'm going to teach you some real life lessons. Your marriage is going to be tested. Your integrity is going to be tested. You're going to be desperate. Yeah, everything will be tested in the desert. But here's the second thing God wants to teach us. That while you're going through that desperation, the desert will release your hidden potential. Did you know that God already put in you great potential? It's in there. It's, 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 it's somewhere in there. If it hasn't been released already, it's in there. And maybe certain areas have been released. Maybe your potential as a mom or a father has been released. Maybe there are other areas in life that you have hidden potential that you're kind of pushing down and God is saying, I'm going to release that. You're a good thinker. No, so-and-so said I'm not a good. No, you're a good thinker. I'm going to release that. 
See, the desert can either be your classroom or your coffin, depending on if you want to still be a student of life. You can say to God, yeah, I'm going through a tough time. Teach me. Or you can say, I'm done. I'm done. I give up. But stay the student because God is going to teach you some powerful life lessons that will unravel and unveil your hidden potential. He can do that. We can't do that by ourselves, but God can do that. Every single person lies dormant in them, God's potential that he birthed within us as he created us. See, you might be thinking, boy, if I was actually stranded in the desert, I would die. Some of you, probably like me, are like, no way, I would survive. I would survive. I'd just dig an underground tunnel, make my own house underneath. I'd be good. Find some, you know, stranded animals and hunt them down, beat them away on rock, and i get them. Sometimes we think like that, like we can survive. But you'd be surprised on what you can do when you're in the desert. You'd be surprised at how your, your mind will start thinking of survival because you were created to survive. You're created to go on in life. You're created that way. God put that mechanism in us so that we'll continue to move forward. And so it is when life is difficult, God says, you're a survivor. I'm going to be with you through any difficult season, any dry time, any, any desert time because lie dormant in you is hidden potential. And for some, maybe God's word to you today is it's time for God to release that hidden potential. And he's going to do great things, even greater than what you've been seeing. Just imagine with Joseph and Mary, just ordinary people, that God saw them to bring us Jesus Christ. I'm wondering if that's why Mary was so apprehensive in the beginning. Just being a, a young teenager, just thinking about the consequences and how her life is going to change and all the, what if this, what if, what if so-and-so says this, what if this happens? And it's like the Lord is saying, you have potential, Mary. You have great potential. And Joseph, being the stepfather, saying, but that's not even going to be my child. I will, what are people going to say? What am I going to do? How is this even going to work? And God says, Joseph, I have great plans for you too. Lie dormant in your life too, Joseph. There are some great hidden pockets of potential that I want to release. And it's not going to be released through your way. It's going to be released through my way. But Joseph, Mary, you're going to have to go through the desert first. Jesus was born in the desert. Now, God could have had it any other way, right? When he, when he created Adam and Eve, where did he create them? In the Garden of Eden. Yeah, it almost would sound even better if, if Jesus was born in the tropics under the waterfalls of Akaka. <laughs> that Jesus was born in the lush greens of the big island of Hawaii. Yeah, that would sound great in the Bible. That, oh, they, uh, Jesus appeared under the waterfall with a glowing light and diamonds all over. Like, that would sound good for the Son of God, but no, he was born in a stable, in a manger where animals feed from or eat from. You know what I get from that? It's God's clearest picture of saying, no matter how bad life looks, I can still bring life. No matter how difficult the season is, no matter how barren the land, no matter the consequences of, you can't even get into a good place to 
give birth to the Son of God. You can't even get into an inn. I can still save you. I can, I can still bring salvation because I'm not limited to your outside surroundings. I'm sovereign. I do everything with a purpose because you have value. Your value doesn't come in your, comes from your surroundings. You make your surroundings valuable. That when the Son of God came to this earth, he turned the most barren place into an oasis. And he can do the very same for your life and my life. No matter how dry it is, he says, I can bring life. It may not be how you want it to be, but I tell you, as life goes on, you're going to look back at that and say, wow, you did something great. Yeah, you'd, be su- you'd be surprised at what God can do when we go through a desert time. See, all, all along, he's been building us up for this moment that we go through this desert time. And then he's saying, I've built you up for this moment. I'm not going to leave you. And the desert may try, try to just drain the life out of you, but God says, no, I'm going to use the desert to squeeze the potential out of you because it's in there. It's, it's going to come out. Just remember that God is watching over you and he's going to be with you every single step of the way because he knows your potential. Deuteronomy 32, verses 10 through 12. The Bible tells us that he found them in a desert land. Speaking of God and the people of God, he found them in a desert land, in an empty, howling wasteland. He surrounded them and watched over them. He guarded them as he would guard his own eyes. Like an eagle that rouses her chicks and hovers over her young, so he spread his wings to take them up and carried them safely on his pinions. The Lord alone guided them. They followed no foreign gods. It's almost like God is saying, you know, you're going to have some tough times. You're going to want to run to this person, this belief, this system, that thing, the next best thing. You're going to try to run to all these things, but how about I guide you? Because I created you, I know how you work best. I know what's best for you. Yeah, yeah, but I went to this person and it feels good what they said. Well, is it biblical? No, but it sounds good. Then it's not going to be good for you in the long run. God says, I know what's good for you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to, I'm going to raise you up. I'm going, to, I'm going to be with you through the most difficult time. But you've got to trust in me that I'm going to be releasing some hidden potential in you. That I'm going to cause all these things to work together for good because I see so much greater things in you. So many moments are filled with the possibility of life-releasing potential. We had this, uh, when I was with the youth, we had this one kid... Uh, very quiet, very quiet. Uh, we would play sports and wasn't, you know, didn't get involved with the sports until one day we were playing basketball. And, and so we thought, hey, you know what, this, let's include him in, you know, and th- that way he just feels a part of the team and we can, you know, play and, and things. Well, this kid jumped on and we were blown away at how good he was. Like all along he was that good and all it took was one invitation to get him in the game for his potential to come out. And it's like after that day, everyone wanted him on their team. Oh, he was quiet, but it didn't change his potential. See, your outside appearance doesn't change your inward effectiveness. 
There's a, a, an NBA player named Jeremy Lin, and some of you may know because you follow NBA, but he, he really came to a rising star in the moment of playing with the New York Knicks in that couple, it was about a week and a half, 10 days or something, they called it Linsanity, Jeremy Lin, and he just, he, he, he sparked the New York Knicks, they were on a losing streak, but then they went on a winning streak, and it was, it was that moment that catapulted him into stardom. And it's like people were saying, where did he come from? Uh, how, do, how could we not see this guy? Oh, he was always there. It was just that moment where his potential was really released. But then you look at his tapes, and he graduated from Harvard University. You look at his past. Oh, he was still good. It just took that one moment for his potential to be realized, and so it is with you and I. It may take one moment for your potential to be realized, and God sees that moment. And he says, it's going to happen but you got to stick with me. you got to stay the student of life. Don't just bail out because God can use even the desert to bring out the best in us. The desert can strengthen you as well as reveal your character. It's up to us. God will use those moments to teach us about our potential. The desert is a place of hidden surprises. The desert is a place that not too many people are thrilled about. I mean, there's life in the desert. There are places that people can live in the desert. Some of you visit the desert a couple times a year and then come back broke. It's called Las Vegas in the desert. Who knew? But if we just think of, oh, this is not happening in my life, then, then that's all that's going to happen. But if you say, Lord, I know you can do great things even in this desert. He says, you got to be able to see it. you got to be able to realize it because God is going to be with you. You can write this in your third point. God is with me in the desert. He doesn't leave us. He is with us in the desert. And you may even think, well, you know, life isn't fair. But when life isn't fair, even still, God is there. The desert, yeah, you will, you will burn in the desert, but you will also learn in the desert. Because there are powerful life lessons in the desert. Isaiah chapter 41, verses 17 through 20. It says, when the poor and needy search for water and there is none, and their tongues are parched from thirst, then I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will never abandon them. I will open up rivers for them on the high plateaus. I will give them fountains of water in the valleys. I will fill the desert with pools of water. Rivers fed by springs will flow across the parched ground. I will plant trees in the barren desert. Cedar, acacia, myrtle, olive, cypress, fir, and pine. I am doing this so all who see this miracle will understand what it means. And here it is. That it is the Lord who has done this, the Holy One of Israel who created it. See, God doesn't leave us. He doesn't just bring us into a desert or we end up in a desert and God says, okay, well, hopefully you do well. He says, no, I'm going to be with you through the desert. I'm going to create in your life, in the desert. I'm going to make things happen for you, but you got to stick with me because I'm with you. When we were growing up, we had this game room called Tilt. They still have it, uh, but this was in, in Waimanalo, and we had a, 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 a restaurant right next to it, and it was called Quartz Cow Cow Kitchen. Brilliant. Quartz Cow Cow Kitchen. 
And so there was a restroom in there, but we didn't have one in Tilt, so my friends and I would go next door to use their restroom and then go back to the game room, the arcade. Well, one day we went in there and we saw a couple quarters on the tables at that restaurant. And we thought, hey, someone left money. They forgot their money. So I guess no one's going to take it. So we did. And so we took it and played video games. Then we went back the next day to use the restroom and then we saw more coins on the table. And we thought, wow, these people, they just leave. I guess they don't want their spare change. So we kept taking it. And then there's one day that there was a dollar on it. Now, a dollar to a kid, eight, nine years old, especially for a game room, is like the best. So it's like, wow, these people just leave money. Well, after a couple days and maybe a week or two goes by, we go back in there and the owner sees us, and we just knew him as uncle. He said, hey, what are you guys doing? And we're like, uncle, get money all on top of the tables, all over the tables, every day get money. He goes, I know, those are called tips. You don't take the tips. And so we learned what a tip was. We never knew what it was. And he says, here's what we can do. Um, How about, uh, actually he said, how long have you been doing this? He said, oh, about a week. He said, a week? No wonder nobody had never had tips. So he said, "Uh, well, how about we do this? What if you guys were to make up for the tips and just wash some dishes and then for a while, you can help me and then clean up and things, and then we'll be even. We said, oh, okay, that, that's cool. Better than calling the cops. So we said, sure, that's fine. So we did that. We washed dishes for a while, and this was before, you know, child protection labor laws and, and things like that. So we were okay. We had fun in the back, and I don't know how clean we washed the dishes, but we, we were squared even. But then he said this. He said, you know what? You're done. But if you want to continue, you can. But this time, I will pay you. $5 to wash all these dishes. And my friend and I were thinking, $5? We can get 25 tokens with $5. So it was a good deal. So we signed the contract and we said, sure, absolutely. And we did. And it was, it was good for the both of us. But more probably for us. And I learned a powerful life lesson. That our God has so much more in store for us than what we think for ourselves in this way. We could have continued with nickels and dimes. But this man said, I have more. And we'll do it the right way. And God would say, I have more. But we got to do it my way. And when we do it my way, you're going to learn some powerful life lessons. And included in it is my spirit. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to be with you through it all. You're going to see some life-changing things that will happen. But I'm going to be with you even through those times. And you can read the story of Mary and Joseph. You can read the book of Luke in the very beginning. And you can see how God was with them even through what looked like wasn't going to turn out good for them. Even though it looked like, well, how are we going to do this? God was there with them through it all. The book of Micah, before Jesus was born, gives us a clear picture of what took place in this little town of Bethlehem. The book of Micah records this, but you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, are only a small village among the people of Judah. Yet, A ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distant past, will come from you on my behalf. 
that this little town of Bethlehem, a ruler will come out of this place. A ruler that you have not seen yet of origins of the past, the distant past, but will come to you on my behalf. Listen very carefully. You may feel like your life is insignificant, small, meaningless, but God says, I'm going to do a great thing out of your life. Great things are going to come out of your life because I see what I'm doing. When life seems like a desert, we can learn some powerful life lessons through it all. And God says, I'm going to be with you through it all. I'm not going to leave you because I... I had a promise, and I gave you one, and I'm not going to go back on my word, and God never does. Aren't you thankful for that? We're going to pray together. If you would just close your Bibles for a moment. You know, when life seems like a desert, it feels like well, nothing great is going to happen. In fact, next week, we're going to talk about a man by the name of John the Baptist, who was the cousin of Jesus. And we're going to talk about greatness in the desert, that God can bring great things out of the desert. And he did that through this man called John the Baptist. This series that we're going to be going through is, it's not your typical Christmas stories, but it is all about Jesus Christ, which is Christmas. So the stories that we're going to be looking at in the Bible really wraps us around who Christ is and, and will help us to understand that in the desert times that we go through, when life seems like a desert, God can do so many great things. So we're going to pray right now, and then we'll conclude. So would you bow your heads with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for just giving us your wisdom. And even though we go through desert times and life may seem like a desert, you do great things even still. That you're not, you don't change because of our circumstances. You remain the same, which allows us to continue to come back to you. We can hang on to your promises even through the desert because when the desert shows up, you never leave. We may feel like we want to leave, but you never feel like that. You wait for us. You embrace us. You lift us up. You are always there. So I pray for all of us today, Lord, in this season, we will never forget that you will be with us through it all. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said... Amen.